This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. The best way to support the show is by going to boardwalkaudio.com slash skaterial. Click the support our artist button, which takes you to Amazon. Just shop like you normally would, and Amazon will send us a little bit of money, which we will use to lobby the milk carton industry to feature Skeeter as one of their missing children. I love calcium, and I love finding Skeeter. Yeah, those are two good things about milk. Mm-hmm. The sun is up, the sky is clear, but all is lost when you aren't here. Where did you go? Where did you go? Where did you go? I just don't know. Where did you go? Why aren't you here? Everything changed when you disappear. By the way, the song is about the Muppet Babies. Hello, I am Matt Manser. And I am Eileen Mary O'Connell, and this is Skeeterial, the Muppet Babies episode podcast where we examine the disappearance of the Muppet Babies character, Skeeter. Uh, this is our uh, second episode of Skeeterial. Um, Muppet Babies, if you don't know, was a cartoon series on CBS from 1984 through 91. Uh, showed us what life was like for Muppets, but as babies. Mm-hmm. They lived in a nursery under the care of a non-Muppet human woman named Nanny. Uh, Many popular Muppets appeared on the show in baby form. Uh, The regulars were uh, Kermit, Miss Piggy, Fozzie, Rolf, Gonzo the Great, Animal, Scooter, and his twin sister, Skeeter. All of these Muppets would grow up and appear on The Muppet Show and various other Muppet movies as adults. But all these Muppets, except for one, Skeeter. No, no adult Skeeter on any of these Muppet-related shows. Uh, so we want to know what happened to Skeeter. Is she alive? Is she not alive? Yeah, is she happy? Is she safe? And to do this, we're going to be watching each episode of Muppet Babies in order, looking for clues as to what could have led to her disappearance. Uh, that's right. So uh, since since uh, this is our second episode, we watched the second episode of Muppet Babies entitled "Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Dark." It's true. And to help us examine this episode, we have a very special guest. She's the co-host of the Krill and It podcast, Danny Fernandez. Thank you guys for for having me. Thank you. Now, Danny, Manser, and I all used to work together. And today we're going to work together yeah, to find to answers. To try and solve this this horrific crime. Mm-hmm. Well, Maybe we don't know. We don't know we if don't it's know horrific. If it's you know, I kind of feel that way. So I'm just putting that out there. It's, um, I don't know. It, it is kind of terrifying that someone can just disappear off the face of the planet. Especially a baby. Yeah. Well, we don't know. If she did disappear, we don't know if she disappeared as a baby. Yeah, she could have been a, a child or an adolescent. Perhaps a teen, maybe. Ooh. Or an, a, like a, a young adult. Ooh, yeah, a YA. Yeah. Or an older adult. Mm-hmm. And, there are possibilities. An maybe a, a community college attendee or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go, going to class or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. It, you know, this brought back so many memories for me, but it was... Uh, you know, I, I, I'm glad that you guys are doing this show because I feel like it's a, a much needed, uh, a serious topic that, that needs to be addressed. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you. you. So you, sounds like you grew up watching Muppet Babies. I did grow up watching Muppet Babies. I feel like I was more, I related more to Muppet Babies than I did the Muppets. Me too. Me um, too. Yeah. I definitely watched Danny that Danny and I more. were of the same age range and <laughs> I loved Muppet Babies more mm-hmm. than I love Muppets. I love Muppets, but... right. 
That also means we love things like Good Burger, Good um, Burger. Goofy Movie, One, Not Two. Not, two um, didn't happen. Yeah, so. I wish two would disappear and not Skeeter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I grew up with I grew up with the Muppet Babies, and uh, it was uh, I think it was was it on Nick Junior? It was on Nick Junior because I would tape it off of Nick Junior and rewatch the tapes, and it would have the commercials. And it- you know, this is upsetting to me that not only did we have Skeeter leave, but we also had Steve from Blues Clues leave. That's true. So I feel like we had a lot of different, you know, uh, heartbreak growing up. A lot of abandonment. Yeah, a lot now of was, abandonment uh, issues. Was Steve from Blues Clues, I feel like his absence was explained, correct? It was explained. He went off to college, he I He went believe. to college, and he did come back for the Blues Clues, like 100th an- episode, whatever anniversary, and he had a top hat because he was going bald. Mm. Right. I, you know, Paprika didn't even recognize him. I mean, it's not like he he just kind of left. He wasn't yeah. really in our life anymore. And he was like a second father figure to her. Yeah. And he just, and in a way, we are like Paprika in this situation. Yeah, yeah. Could he have run off with Skeeter? <gasps> Gasp. That's a, a crazy and probable possibility. It I is, yeah. I, I hadn't even thought of that, Matt. Um yeah, I think I was just so traumatized from being abandoned so much um, by these characters that, you know, I, I would watch every single day. I would watch every single day uh, when I would come home or from daycare or elementary school. And here they are just kind of torn away from us without without an explanation. Well, hopefully with our research and examination skills, we will be able to find this explanation. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's just find it like the clues wow. in Blue's no. Clues. If Blue had left clues and how to find Skeeter, it'd be so it'd be, much easier. Yes. Blue, if you're out there and would like to assist us on our quest. Yes, mm-hmm. Blue, we would love to have you as a guest mm-hmm. on Skeeterial. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, just putting that out into the universe. The universe that hopefully Skeeter is there somewhere, still alive and safe and happy. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. Uh, so let's talk about the episode. Okay. And we'll just do- talk about it a little bit and then discuss clues or interesting points that might have stood out. So we open on Scooter drawing with a light pen on his computer and all the babies are very excited and apparently babies have access to a light pen. Uh, Gonzo wants him to draw chicken. Scooter pokes Skeeter. This is a very important note right from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Scooter pokes Skeeter with the light pen. Then Rolf draws piano keys and Fozzie draws an audience to laugh at his jokes. But then the audience does not laugh. They boo instead. I would like to discuss at this point Mm -hmm. thoughts about the situation that we've opened up to. I mean, immediately we're seeing violence uh, and aggression towards uh, Skeeter. So that was a little bit alarming. Very alarming. Within within like 45 seconds of the episode. Mm -hmm. This is is just interesting. Um, In the... We just watched the first episode, too, which starts with Scooter and Skeeter arguing about who should captain a battleship. That's true. And then in the second episode, Scooter is poking Skeeter with this light pen. It's aggressive. It's aggressive. And we also had a lot of war images that came through. I mean, Gonzo had a tanker. He had a helmet on. It was it was um, 
you know, it, I almost felt like they were trying to get this message across yeah. to us. Um, but it was very alarming for me. It was very alarming in this, this, um, children's program to see, to see, uh, these, these images of war and war propaganda mm-hmm. happening. It was scary, scary stuff. Yes. So Nanny comes inside and announces that Bunsen and Beaker have come over to play with the Muppet Babies. This is notable because it's their first appearance on the show. Uh, then Bunsen is, Beaker comes in. Beaker is very scared immediately. And the babies are like, why is Beaker scared? Bunsen is very visibly exasperated. And he says that you got to let me sleep over tonight. So Fozzie, being the considerate bear that he is, asks Nanny if Bunsen and Beaker can sleep over. And Bunsen wails, no, not Beaker. Nanny immediately says yes without consulting whoever their guardians are. Uh, she leaves and Bunsen explains that he hasn't slept for three days because Beaker is afraid of the dark. Beaker imagines a scary slime monster that lives under his bed, which we realize is the source of his fears of darkness. Uh, Skeeter, being the ever so optimist, says that every problem has a solution. So the babies decide to slowly get Beaker used to the dark, starting with his shadow, but he is terrified of his shadow as it is dark. And then Skeeter suggests that they show him how much fun the dark can be. Then they imagine themselves trick-or-treating on Halloween, but it's interrupted by Beaker's slime monster. So there's a lot going on. There's a lot going <laughs> on. A lot to take in right So there. much going on. I admire, I admire Skeeter for being optimistic and saying that she can solve this. You know what? I feel like that was pitting her against the group. Yeah. I feel like she they came in kind of you know with a one track type of mind and here she is like every problem has a solution and you know what i feel like she got some negativity i feel like some of the people in the group weren't okay with that hmm. interesting that's, perspective um i think that that could be true um uh something i want to uh talk about well first of all uh first of all so this is the first we see um Baby Bunsen and Baby Beaker on the show. Uh, they sleep over. Nanny Grease let them sleep over, but without consulting Bunsen right. and Beaker's no guardians. Parental. Right. She just says yes. She doesn't call whoever their parents. So might she's be. clearly okay having children in her home without the permission, without parental permission. Yeah. And who knows? Even if she just found these children walking and and just took them. Yeah. It's very odd. They, I believe she just said, "Oh, Bunsen and Beaker are here to visit." So someone supposedly dropped them off, some sort of guardian. I mean, this raises an issue. Like, is Nanny good at her job? Mm-hmm. And could she could her could she have been negligent in caring for Skeeter? They also were just there to visit, and yeah. here they are now staying the staying night. The night yeah. so quickly did that visit change into a sleepover. I also just wanted to point out how distraught this child is Bunsen Bunsen who was like please help me Kermit mm-hmm. this is a child that is clearly dealing with something and, and needs to express it to the group so yeah it was um, it was another alarming scene for me he said that he hadn't slept in three days mm-hmm. sleep when you're a baby is incredibly important that's oh, true especially for babies mm-hmm. yes you're growing every day you need that sleep and the fact that Beaker denied Bunsen of three nights of that I mean, he fell asleep while he was talking. Yeah. He fell asleep in Kermit's arms. This this child, he needs help. I don't know if you either of you have seen the movie Insomnia. Um, 
I I have not, but I read the screenplay in a screenwriting class. Ooh. But I do know, um, if I remember correctly, the Al Pacino character is in Alaska, mm-hmm. and it's like not it's day all the time at this point uh, where he's in, in Alaska, so he can't sleep. And I believe he he murders people. Am I remembering correctly? That might possibly be in it. It sounds like something that would be in it. But my point is, Bunsen Honeydew. Baby Bunsen Honeydew has insomnia, <gasps> bad insomnia. Oh, no. And if this is something that he's prone to, if he had another bout of insomnia, could he have murdered Skeeter? I don't even want to imagine that, ma'am, answer. That's so... She must have been so scared. You know, especially if this was someone that she trusted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was an optimist. She is a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. She's someone that, that is uh, ready to to take to do whatever she needs to for the better of the group. And I feel like that's intimidating to some people sometimes. Yeah. And you know what? Bunsen is a scientist. He's a respected member right. of the community. And she probably put all her trust in him mm-hmm. only to be betrayed. Possibly. 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 Him, him being a scientist also opens up to the fact that he ha- is um, has equipment available to him. Ooh. He has research available to him, possibly uh, labs available to him. Um, yes. and, and it's clear that Beaker is trying to get a message across. We're not entirely able to decipher that, but it's clear that he is also distraught and we can't quite understand him, but he does want to get a message across to us. So that's another thing is that he, here's this person who knows Bunsen the best. He knows Bunsen better than anyone. And, and um, that, that is kind of alarming that, that uh, Beaker is, is uh, also so distraught. Wow. It's true. I mean, we know also from their adult relationship, Bunsen and Beaker, Beaker works as, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew's assistant, and uh, often Beaker um, becomes a victim of mm-hmm. uh, Bunsen's inventions. Uh, there's often there's often explosions that 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 only harm Beaker, not Bunsen. Um, Beaker somehow survives all of this, but it does show Some, I know a possibly yeah. just dysfunctional relationship. Some cruelness on Dr. Bunsen's side. True. Wow. And possibly just that manipulation of uh, of Beaker staying, you know, staying yeah. through mm. this type of relationship mm-hmm. that he also has issues uh, due to the to the nature of of his relationship with Bunsen. Wow. Oh man, we've already unlocked so many possibilities. True. Next up, let me find my notes through my tears that are flowing down my face right now. So. We left off on them trick-or-treating, interrupted by Beaker's monster. So next, they try to solve Beaker's problem through song. The song is called Good Things Happened in the Dark, and it is, I would call it a doo-wop. Would you agree with me? I believe it was a doo-wop number, yes. Mm-hmm. It was very optimistic. It was. Uh, uh, Fozzie Bear, in particular, was, I believe, taking like, the bass notes of the doo-wop style song. Mm-hmm. It was very in coordinated. In the dark, I think it was something like that. Mm-hmm. Very coordinated for tiny babies to know. Yeah, they know they know melody and harmony very it's well. I mean, I I guess Rolf is not the only musical prodigy in the no. crew. Yeah, I mean, they Rolf all... is the one who can play an instrument right. very well, but they all vocally are very talented. Mm-hmm. So this doo-wop song makes Beaker smile for a second, and then Fozzie just starts talking about haunted houses and ghost stories, which terrifies Beaker again. It was not a good idea on Fozzie's part. Uh, they now imagine themselves being chased in a haunted house by the slime monster. 
So the babies all hide inside a coat of arms that they can all fit inside because they're tiny babies and Mm -hmm. it's a regular size coat of arms. As the slime monster is looking for them, uh, he finds them. Fozzie tells it a joke, which only aggravates the slime monster further. Talking points? Um, Well, um, that I do want to mention... uh, what Fozzie's joke was. I think oh, yes, it's important please. to mention. Please do. When he, when he has a joke. Uh, this one is. Uh, Sorry, I'm he said, uh, So he tells this joke to the slime monster. He says, When does a ghost need a license? Uh, the answer is during haunting season. During haunting season. Um, very humorous. Yeah. That, one, that is a, a pretty solid joke. I feel that he deserved um, more support yeah. for, for being so open with his humor and that he's constantly shut down. It is tough to um, to be a comedian. You're really putting yourself out there and opening yourself up for judgment. And uh, Fozzie is very brave for doing that. Especially, I agree. especially as a baby. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. And you know, uh, it was kind of telling earlier in the episode. He said, "My own private audience to laugh at my jokes," and it kind of just tugged at my heart. Yeah. You know, that it was like he need, he feels like he needs a private audience that he's not getting the support that he needs, and then, uh, especially when he's just kind of learning and and yeah. getting in touch with his creative side. And then that audience immediately betrayed him. The yes. audience that he drew himself with a light pen. So it's so if that audience is just in his mind, then we can see how Fozzie like really feels about himself. He is not he's putting himself out there, but he doesn't he is not confident in his abilities. No. Is it possible that that could manifest itself into resentment and possibly anger? Ooh, towards right. towards the one Muppet baby who's possibly. optimistic and confident. Right. Who does get, you know, kind of positive feedback or at least is able to get the group going yeah i think yeah i think that's very possible in this case um in the case of the fozzy bear telling the joke to the slime monster i did also want to mention that the slime monster as you as eileen mentioned was so disliked this joke quite a bit and in fact it caused the slime monster to turn into four separate slime four monsters. separate mm-hmm. slime monsters he was um, already so angry and now he was four times as angry um, so now, also now that we know that there are slime monsters, could Skeeter have been victimized by a slime monster? Right. It's true. It's very possible. One of the four slime monsters now. And you know, they're under parental supervision again with Nanny, who is allowing this type of, uh, you know, she's not protecting them from these slime monsters. Yeah. Another thing that I wanted to touch on maybe is possibly due to their abandonment issues. Is it possible that this monster is just like a manifestation to them that it's from, from their abandonment issues uh, and, and just the, um, the aggression and everything and that they've had to deal with as children um, that possibly this might even be beakers. uh, His monster might be just a manifestation that they all are kind of taking in. Wow. I relate to these babies more than ever now, as we previously discussed our abandonment feelings Mm -hmm. with Steve and Skeeter. Right. It's a cycle. It's a terrible, terrible cycle. Mm -hmm. I just also wanted to say that they're... you know, their musical number was a little... The doo-wop number? It was a little frightening for me because um, they they kept repeating, come join us in the dark. Mm. I... I don't know. How did you feel about that? I felt a little nervous. And I, I don't believe I mentioned this already, but throughout the whole episode, Kermit is very, he talks about how much he loves being in the dark. Mm-hmm. And that 
raises suspicion that right. a small baby would just brag about how much he loves the dark all the time. And also forcing someone who clearly, clearly is not comfortable being in that space, forcing them to be in the dark. Yeah. It's a bit odd. It's aggressive. Uh, do you think Kermit was, do you think Kermit really does love the dark and was bragging about it? Or do you think he was like overcompensating? It's possible. Showing off to the rest of the yeah, trying. Yeah, I just found it alarming. Yeah, that he was. Um, I felt like he was worshiping the dark. Yeah. Mm. Well, also he takes it among, apart. Uh, he takes it amongst himself to be the leader of this group, and so mm-hmm. I feel like he really wanted to show that, like, I'm so in charge that I can handle the dark, unlike right. you. But I think it just showed us like this side of Kermit. He's not one dimensional. He has a darker side. So literally. he might be literally. literally has a darker side that he enjoys. Mm-hmm. So that might be another telling uh, clue for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good clue. So Kermit's a suspect as well. Yeah. It's a really good clue. And again, Blue, if you're out there and want to assist us right. in these clues, we are available anytime. 24 7. 24 7. 365. Or Mr. Salt and Mrs. Pepper. Mr. Salt and Mrs. Pepper. You can bring paprika. Mm-hmm. I would enjoy that a lot. It's hard to enjoy most things. Well, I imagine that she's so grown up right now. I mean, she probably has her own family. Oh, she probably does. Yeah. Oh, that comforts me in this time of sadness. Okay, so Fozzie told the joke, and now we're back in the nursery. Nanny comes inside and asks what the commotion is. The babies explain that Beaker is afraid of the dark, and Nanny decides to show Beaker how she got over her fear of the dark. She leaves for a second and comes back with a sleeping mask mm-hmm. and gives it to Beaker and says that she used to be afraid of the dark and she would wear it during the sleep mask during the day so that she knew that she could always take it off and come back to the light. That sounds... Um, it's not... I. That sounds bad. That doesn't sounds, sound like a good plan at all. That sounds like just closing your eyes. It yeah. does. Mm-hmm. I disagree with Nanny's parental styles in this case. Yeah, well, I mean... I, her name is Nanny, and I, so I guess that's her job also. But I don't know. Maybe right. is she was she just hired as a nanny because that's her name? Because she doesn't seem to be very right. good at her job. You know, I will have to say the same thing about Nanny and Peter Pan. I mean, just because your name is Nanny doesn't mean you're qualified for the job. Yeah, in that case, you're a dog. Right. We don't know what Nanny human Nanny's face is. So or she could be a dog. She could be a dog right. too. Right. Yeah. All great clues here. So, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, I was a little startled that they were trying to blindfold Beaker. Um, you know, when you think of blindfolding someone, that's typically there's two things with blindfolding. It's um, normally kidnapping or something sexual. So, in both ways, I feel like that's a it's an aggressive move. Both are too much for a baby to handle. Definitely too mm-hmm. much for a baby who's just learning mm-hmm. their senses. But also, it's um, a dominating move. And and removing removing some one of uh, someone's main senses, um, so yeah, they just they seemed a little too gung ho to kind of be torturing their friend who was already who was clearly already distraught. It's cruel. So, uh, do you think that then in that case, if they're so willing to be cruel to to Beaker, who's like a guest? Mm-hmm then they would probably definitely also be willing to do that to one of their own, like Mm -hmm. Skeeter. You know, I think that they continue to be cruel to Beaker because, and the the whole thing with Skeeter is that Skeeter will actually speak up. 
It's true. Beaker, we as adults don't necessarily understand. And Skeeter, we do. And so I think that might be why they kept Beaker around and not Skeeter. Oh. oh. So they could they can sort of mm-hmm. boss Beaker around. Right. Because Knowing that he'll put up with it. He'll put up with it and he'll... And he can't do anything. He can't complain he, about it because he, we don't understand yeah. him. He can only object with beeping sounds while Skeeter can object with words. Yeah, maybe Skeeter didn't object with beeping sounds and that's why she's no longer around. I have goosebumps. So next up... Fozzie, in an act of beautiful kindness, gives Beaker his teddy bear. Gonzo shows his not teddy bear, but it's a stuffed chicken. Uh, Beaker imagines the bear ripping his pajamas. And then we're in the nursery and his pajamas are ripped. But then the babies are like, no, it's all in his mind. And the pajamas come Again, back manifestations. You're right. Yeah. Wow. So. Now, the stuffed chicken, is that a real chicken? That's a good question. Is it an actual chicken that is deceased and been stuffed, or is it a plush replica of a chicken? I, I assumed it was a, a plush chicken, much like Fozzie's teddy bear is a plush bear, but they never state they, one way or the other. Yeah, if unless if they very specify it, then we can only assume. Right. It might be a taxidermy chicken. Oh, man. His love of taxidermy and dead things could have gone in their worship of the darkness i really feel like we're uncovering a lot here yeah extraordinary so next kermit takes all the babies inside the closet because he he justifies it by saying like oh beaker you used to be scary to your shadow but now you're less scary to shadow so let's just do this all in one big swoop we'll go into the closet turn off the lights for a couple seconds and get you used to the dark so they turn off the lights and Beaker immediately turns on a flashlight, which I believe they called a lantern in the mm. show. It was the- I think so. I think there were, he had a few different lights, as you are about to explain, probably. I, well, he had, he had seemingly an infinite amount of portable light devices that he kept turning on when they tried to turn off the lights. And how did... So he had all these lights, flashlights and lanterns on right. him. He didn't seem to be weighed down, though, by them no. as he walked around during the rest of the episode. His pajamas are bigger and flowier than the rest of the, the baby's pajamas. So there's more room for storage. He's also very comfortable not wearing pants. Very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. Skeeter says, hey, that's cheating. And then the babies all get agitated. Right. Wait, are they agitated at? They're at, agitated at Beaker, right? At Beaker, not at Skeeter. But Skeeter's the one who, who, who Again, finally says, speaking up. She speaks up and says her mind. And what I think is maybe at some point in Skeeter's life, she said her mind too much, right? Mm. To the wrong person. To the wrong person, perhaps wrong Muppet. Maybe, maybe Beaker still holds some resentment towards Skeeter for saying you're cheating. Ooh. That's true. I hadn't thought of it that way. He is unstable. Eileen and Matt, is it possible that Skeeter saw something in the closet that she wasn't supposed to see? It was a big closet with lots of things. That they were in there for dangerous. a minute. Yeah. She could have seen something. Like something, maybe something of nannies? Maybe or something of a Muppet that they didn't want found. Maybe Gonzo's taxidermy collection. Maybe ah. he didn't taxiderm. Mm-hmm innocent things did he do you think he taxidermed skeeter i don't you know it seems out of character for gonzo it seems but we the possibility is being raised it's always it's so scary it i'm sorry eileen um you you know 
they always say that they they start first with animals and then move on to humans. That's true. Or Muppets. That's what the Unabomber did. That's true. He sent some some packages of explosives to Muppets. To Muppets and dead animals. Could the, maybe the Unabomber sent a package to Skeeter. Maybe. Oh, that would have... She would have expected mail and... Oh, poor Skeeter. It's what if she sad. thought that she was getting something great, like a birthday present? Mm. And she was like, oh, a birthday present for me that I don't have to share with my twin. I need to open it right, right. now. Right. Wow. Is- I want... I mean... I know you guys had uh, an episode before this. Have you explored possibly that there's some twin animosity for having to share an identity, a birthday, a life together? Absolutely. I mean, again, the in both these episodes, the first thing, one of the first things that you see is some sibling rivalry. Right. And that's alarming. Yeah. Yeah. Scooter. Scooter seems like a... He's got a bit of the like the nice guy complex, I Ooh, think. Yeah. I think there might be a case of that because he just like seems like, oh, I'm a meek little I guy, just, I'll do anything, but I then just he's like aggressive. Computers. But then he's aggressive towards his sister. Mm-hmm. His sister is the only relative that we know that he has in the world. Yeah. He clearly wasn't like afraid to put his hands on her. And you know, as that as he ages, he's he's only gonna grow more in strength. That's true. So uh, one thing with the flashlight sequence that kind of, um, well, it was kind of alarming was Miss Piggy saying, um, give me that or I'll put your lights out. Ah, she said true. that she to that. Uh, Beaker about having the flashlight. He was just having a, a very, you know, something that, that's not a weapon um, that they were using to help them in the dark. And here she was angry and upset. Uh, she already showing signs of violence um, as a child. It's scary. It's true. I mean, Miss Piggy would later, of course, karate chop people very often. Yeah. She was angry. So this is just another sign of that. I think she's actually strangled Kermit before. That sounds right. Mm -hmm. Scary. Scary stuff. Okay. Now they imagine themselves exploring a dark cave. And Kermit says, all you have to do to keep is to keep your mind off the fear. And the dark can be a lot of fun. The slime monster comes back with a vengeance and Beaker learns that he can stop the fear with the power of his own mind because it's all in his mind. Uh, The monster is defeated through Beaker's new sense of self-worth. And then the baby celebrates. It becomes bedtime and all the babies are snuggled in their overcrowded cribs. The babies fall asleep except for Kermit who, in a cruel twist of fate, finds himself afraid. Yes. I mean, there. yeah, I feel like, is it also possible, like I was saying, that um, Skeeter possibly saw something in the closet? Maybe Kermit realized that and he can't sleep yeah. now knowing that his secret is out or that mm. someone knows his secret. Oh, what do you think his secret is? You know, I don't know. But he seemed way too confident for being in the dark. You know, he, he just seemed way too comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Like it's something that he lives in regularly. Yeah. Dark yeah. hermit. I also think, so we find out that the slime monsters and everything that's scary from this episode is just from Beaker's mind. So this means Beaker has the ability to conjure up evil. Right. Yeah. Does he have now so that he can make evil things happen? Yeah. Probably not that he wants to, but it might be an uncontrollable thing for him. Yeah. It could be, yeah. If 
I mean, first the slime monster, now what? Like, what else can he create with the darkness of his mind? It was also kind of telling when they were trying to get rid of his fear. I would like to um, just discuss with you guys really quickly, um, have, if you've read the book um, by Gavin DeBecker called The Gift of Fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, fear is is something that's instinctual when you know he has a right to be scared. You don't want to deny that as a human instinct. You don't want to deny your fear. Maybe he's he's clearly fearful for a reason. And maybe Skeeter found out that reason. Oh. I'm I'm shivering. I'm so scared right now. So whatever Beaker was afraid of may have been what, what got Skeeter yeah. eventually. Mm-hmm. I think that could be true. I hope it's not true, but it could be true. Right. I also, uh, Eileen, you mentioned the overcrowded cribs. There mm-hmm. are eight Muppet babies plus two plus guest two Muppet guests, babies. Hudson and Beaker. So there's 10 and there's two cribs. So there's five Muppet babies in a crib. Which does not seem right, and again, Nanny's negligence right. is coming to mm-hmm. this fruition. Co- this co sleeping environment is not healthy or safe, uh, f- or probably appropriate. No, yeah, the boys are sleeping with right, the girls already at such a young age. It's too much, and one most of them aren't wearing pants. Um, right, it's true. I'm sorry, I'm just a little. It is. It is again. inappropriate. I think uh, you know. Child psychologists would definitely frown upon all of what's going on. Yeah. Most of, I would say 100% of Nanny's parenting styles. We never see her feed the babies. Right. We never see her play with the babies or Mm -hmm. read them a story. They fend for themselves. Yeah. And, you know, having uh, having an adult that is reading to you and engaging with you and speaking to you is such an important part of their growth and development at this age. Nanny, if you are out there right now... Whether or not you caused the disappearance of Skeeter, I'm very ashamed of you. I agree. So, sorry that I got emotional, guys. No, I, I think you are within your rights to be emotional. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. Well, with everything that we just discussed, Danny, do you have one theory above the other? Like, what do you think happened to Skeeter based on what we know in this episode? You know, um,. I'm I'm kind of going back and forth between um I guess Bunsen, you know, just he seems to be very manipulative. And mm-hmm. it seemed that Skeeter was really trying to get a message across to us through beeps and meeps. Um perhaps Morse code. Right. Um and in a way that he wouldn't necessarily be caught or found. So yeah, so I feel like exploring how Bunsen plays into the disappearance of Skeeter might be important going forward. I think that's a very good point. I, I, I think so too. Danny, where could our listeners find you on social media? Uh, you guys can find me at Ms. Danny Fernandez. Please feel free to send me any of your theories or if you want to pick up the gift of fear um, by Gavin DeBecker. Uh, again, I think it's a really important in- instinctual uh, sense that we're often to- told to um, not appreciate. And um, also you can um, catch uh, Ify, my co-host, and I on Hyper RPG every Saturday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's true. These are Danny's got great Twitter and a great podcast. And in this grim times of not knowing what happened to Skeeter, perhaps the smile on your face when yeah. you listen and read her tweets will be of help thank you thank you 
Um, so I believe uh, that wraps up this wraps episode, up. second episode of Skeeterial. Second episode. Um, so um, to sign off, um, it's time to say bye-bye. Go bye-bye. Go Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit boardwalkaudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.